Hey everybody, welcome into the MLB Extras Mets podcast. Tim McMaster here along with Anthony DeComo. And Anthony, we are dedicating this entire podcast pretty much to the new Mets general manager, Brody Van Wagenen. They held his presser earlier this week. We'll hear from him a little bit as well. But before we get to specific bites from Brody and, and Jeff Wilpon, I just want your overall take. You were there at the press conference. What's your overall take from the initial Brody Van Wagenen experience, I guess. <laughs> well, look, it, it, it's an outside-the-box hire. Uh, they knew that going in. And uh, anyone who can sit here right now and tell you whether or not it's going to work is, is, is just talking. I mean, no one knows if this is going to work. You can debate until you're blue in the face about previous examples of baseball and basketball, whatever. I don't know. But – at least they're trying something a little different. This is a team that obviously still has a good roster in place. It's a team that's finished in fourth place two years in a row. So at least they're not going the status quo. At least they're trying something different. And we'll see how it turns out. He's obviously an engaging guy. He obviously knows the sport as well as anyone, knows the industry as well as, well as anyone. So there are reasons why it can work. And, and now we just have to sit back and wait and see. All right, let's hear a little bit. First from Jeff Wilpon. What separated Brody Van Wagenen from the other candidates that the Mets had brought in? This is what Jeff had to say about that. I think what Brody brought, and I'm not saying that anybody else lost, but uh, Brody uh, was the front runner for us because of what he talked about in terms of collaboration, his excitement, his feeling of what he could do with this organization where we are now and going forward. Uh, and we had like I said, 40-some-odd candidates that we talked about and went through, and going through the entire process, uh, this was what we thought would be best for the organization going forward. I realized it's out of the box, and I said we were going to be out of the box to start, and this, this was truly where we thought we could put the hands of the organization uh, with Brody. And as far as Brody goes, obviously he's confident that he can get the job done. And he spoke about kind of the advantages that he has going into this position versus maybe other candidates that, that don't know all the teams around Major League Baseball. Here's Brody. I wouldn't want to, uh, want to say I have an advantage over, over people that have more experience than I do, but, but I think I have insights. I think I understand uh, clearly what players' motivations are and what agents are trying to accomplish. Um, and I certainly have insights into how all of the other teams operate. Um, I think what I've had the benefit of is I, I've helped, tried to help a number of teams accomplish their goals, and I have a pretty good understanding of what they want to accomplish on a on a year-by-year -year basis as they're constructing their rosters. So I, I do think that I have uh, a unique perspective that I hope to bring to, bring to the conversations. Anthony, one other thing that um, kind of I think people were looking to hear from during the presser was what's the direction going to be? Are the Mets going to rebuild? Are the Mets going to continue to try to win right now? And it seemed pretty clear that Brody has no intention of, of tearing anything down. Uh, this is a situation where he wants to get in there and make this team a winner immediately. Yeah, and that's really the one question that he did answer. Uh, as far as goes, <laughs> uh, yeah, Brody, Brody was pretty light on specifics in terms of things that he'll do, but he was very clear in that this isn't a teardown, this isn't a rebuild. Uh, the phrase he used was, quote, build, not rebuild. So he thinks, and you know, anyone who uh, calls up uh, Mets.com and looks at the roster page can see there is obviously a lot of talent on this team, and he sees that and thinks they can win now with 
Jacob deGrom, with Noah Syndergaard, with Jonas Cespedes when he gets healthy, and all of these guys up and down the lineup, up and down the pitching staff that are, are obviously super talented and are already in place. Um, you know, it's interesting. Jeff Wilpon said in person they interviewed about a dozen candidates and not a single one of them recommended anything other than a win-now philosophy. And he was asked, well, would you have considered a candidate who, who recommended a complete teardown? And his answer was yes. Now, whether or not that's true, we'll probably never know. But uh, it, it's not that difficult to take that leap and make an argument that this roster is good enough with a strong offseason through a free agency, maybe through a trade or two, that the Mets can compete. So that's Brody Van Wagenen's plan. Now, how specifically he's going to go about and do it, we shall see. Now, he obviously has relationships with a lot of Mets players because uh, he represented them as part of CAA and his agent, and he now is no longer part of that. Have you gotten any inkling of, of what those players, DeGrom, obviously, Syndergaard, Cespedes, um, what those players are going to do? Are they going to switch agencies? Or I guess that's something we're going to find out down the road. Well, certainly they all can. I haven't heard any rumblings of yeah. anyone who's going to do that. Um, as of right now, my, my, you know, my assumption for, for those guys that we haven't heard is that they will stay with CAA. Uh, Jeff Berry and Nesbolello are now the two head agents there, and they, they are going to work day and night to take over all of Brody's clients uh, that they haven't already. So um, I, I think for most of those guys, that would be the more seamless transition would be just to stay at CAA. And, and really, uh, there wouldn't be a whole lot of reason for anyone to leave except for perhaps Jacob deGrom, who ha- you know, has yet to receive his big contract, who is two years away from hitting free agency. And at that point, we'll be making you know, the most important decision of his career. So he's the wild card, and no one really has heard from Jacob deGrom so far, uh, which is probably a good thing as far as CAA is concerned. Um, but, uh, you know, as far as the agency there, I think it's kind of going to be business as usual. Uh, Jeff Berry, one of those lead agents I referenced earlier, kind of came out and said, We're, we all support Brody. Uh, there's no animosity toward Brody. And, uh, you know, I'm sure it was uh, an interesting time behind the scenes there. This obviously isn't something that's really happened before, at least not uh, of an agency, of, at an agency of this caliber, with an agent of this caliber. Uh, but if you're a player, if you're a Brody Van Wagenen client, what can you do besides, uh, you know, kind of say, okay, and move on? You know, I'm sure there's a little wariness. I'm sure there's a little unease because these are, uh, you know, Brody Van Wagenen was someone that they, by nature, have known for a long time and have trusted implicitly and all of that. But, but Brody also, the city kind of went out of his way to assuage any worries that players might have had of him leaving the agency and going to the Mets. So, again, as a player, I'm not sure there's a whole lot you can do uh, aside from sit back and, and say, okay, this will be fine. And if you really don't believe that it will be, and maybe you look to go somewhere else. But, but I haven't said so far that that's the case for anyone. Uh, and Brody obviously spoke about Jacob deGrom. It was one of the first questions of the presser. This is his take on the deGrom situation and what he thinks about Jacob deGrom. So Jacob deGrom clearly has established himself as the best pitcher in baseball. Uh, hopefully in, in a couple of weeks he'll be awarded with, the, with that trophy. Uh, you know, as I said earlier, I, I think that... Uh, you want to try to identify the best players, and you want to keep them for as long as possible. And if our vision and direction does not intend to include a long, sustainable winning team, then you have to consider 
moving players. But make no mistake, I believe Jacob deGrom is, is an incredible talent, and I hope to keep him for a long time. Obviously, Anthony, uh, arbitration is going to be fascinating when you have Brody Van Wagenen, who has represented Jacob deGrom in that situation on one side, and now suddenly it's a similar situation, but he's on the other side of the table. I mean, I would think they will go above and beyond to avoid an actual arbitration hearing because it seems like that would just be weird. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I think teams in general – uh, try to avoid arbitration hearings at all costs with their players. They're messy. They're not fun. Neither side likes it. Uh, so that certainly won't change. And, and in Jacob Grom's case, it, you know, it, it's an interesting arbitration hearing potentially because you have uh, a guy who's probably going to be the National League Cy Young Award winner, uh, you know, versus a team that's going to have to shell out one way or another a lot of money for that one-year contract. Um, but you know, if it gets to that point, uh, there are provisions in Brody Van Wagenen's contract that say he cannot, you know, essentially participate in it. So the Mets will have to find another way to do it, another way around it. Uh, really, how much of a role the actual GM plays in that doesn't have to be big anyway. So, so they can do that. Now, uh, you know, the issue with all of that is is that Brody, you can't unknow what he knows. You know, this guy has been privy for years and years to information about Jacob DeGrom that really no one else knows outside of maybe close family, close friends, uh, medical information, personal information, all that stuff that could potentially be used against the player in an arbitration hearing. So, you know, Jacob DeGrom and the Mets will have to kind of go on good faith and that you know, Brody, despite not being involved in these hearings, won't use that information against them, won't, won't tell others within the organization and all everything along those lines. And, um, you know, I, I would hope that there's not reason to worry about that. So it's an interesting situation, but yeah, you're right. It, it can be avoided, at least the ugliest part can be avoided by just avoiding that arbitration hearing in the first place, settling on a number that's fair for the National League, likely Cy Young Award winner and, and going forward. Yeah, and that award uh, will obviously be announced in the next couple of weeks as we get to award season. Um, as you just think about an agent, and and there's obviously a lot of perks there. He knows pretty much how maybe every team in baseball kind of works from dealing with them. Um, so there are positives to an agent taking on a general manager job. When you look at it, though, what do you think the biggest challenges he's going to face are? Well, I think the, the the biggest challenge, and it's broad and it's obvious, but it's true, is that he's never worked in this setting before. He's never worked in a front office in any capacity before, and, and that's really not something that happens for a general manager of a major league baseball team. So he's going to have to learn those little ins and outs of things that go along. And you know, the transition process is made easier by the fact that, assuming he's going to keep them, because ownership, you know, it would be ownership preference to keep them. Uh, he has three really guys who have done the job before in his office. And Omar Minaya, who is general manager of the Mets and the Expos. He's got J.P. Ricciardi, who is GM of the Blue Jays and has worked in the Red Sox front office, obviously the Mets front office. And then John Rico, who has been the assistant GM here for more than a decade and has served in that GM role in times when Sandy Alderson's health has, has uh, been an issue. Uh, so... There is a lot of experience in this front office, uh, more than in most around baseball, and Brody can certainly lean on that. And then the other part of the equation that 
you know, I, I think the Mets stressed and, and Brody stressed at his press conference was that the skill sets needed to do this job, you know, exist in the agent world. Um, you know, CAA has a bigger analytics department than the Mets do. Uh, you know, CAA has a scouting department. This is how these agents go and, and find players, you know, before teams do find, find draft picks to go out and sign. So they're represented when they get drafted and all of that stuff. So uh, there are all these bits and pieces that, that play into an agent job that I, I don't think people necessarily think about. Uh, people think about, you know, the Jerry Maguire sitting there and, and show me the money and, and all of that being the hard negotiator. And sure, maybe not that dramatically, but that's part of the job. That's a big part of the job. There are other things that go into it. Uh, it's about relationships with players. It's about uh, being a people person. Uh, so Brody Van Wagenen has this kind of broad skill set. He can be a leader. He can deal with the media. He can do all these things that a GM needs to do. He just needs to be able to fit it within the prism of actually working in the front office. And he will, as I mentioned, have those people in place to help him with that transition. It's going to be a fascinating story to follow for sure throughout the offseason and into the next year and years to come. Can an agent in baseball make the transition to successful general manager? Brody Van Wagner is going to give it a shot. That's going to do it for this edition of the MLB Extras Mets podcast. For Anthony DeComo, I'm Tim McMaster. Thanks for tuning in.